Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome back to Wildcast Studio for the season five finale of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, finishers, I am your host, Adam Lund, and I am joined by your favorite co-hoster, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. You made it. You survived today in the uh, the heat day. Thank God this city has like (laughs) children's playgrounds with splash pads. Uh, I mean, you can imagine, you know, how creepy it would be if a man of, of <laughs> yeah. my, my stature yeah. uh, decided to go to a children's playground uh, by myself uh, and play on the splash pad or in the splash pad, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but quite refreshing, I must say. When you sit underneath the one that the water, the bucket, yeah. and the water fills up and it tips over once it gets to a certain weight, Yeah, uh, that's that that feels nice. I feel like you were not the only one there. Oh, I, absolutely not. <laughs> no, there was there, there were some kids there, there were daycares there, and then there was me with, you know, a 10-pound backpack, a vest on, um, a golf shirt and shorts, and sweating, you know, every inch of my body, yeah. and I'm just like, <laughs> move over, kids. So, as, as hot as it was today... That's how it was the whole Czech Republic with no AC Gross. in transit buses. Uh, some shops had it. Some shops didn't. Um, our hotel, our first hotel that we got in. So she booked a hotel with AC and a terrace. And then the first room we got in didn't have a terrace, didn't have AC. Like they had like the little side heaters that were mm-hmm. supposed to have AC. Yeah. We got in there at like, I don't, I don't know, four o'clock in the afternoon. And we're just like. No, no, this is not gonna work. No, like I'm trying to fiddle with the AC. There's nothing coming out. She's like, "Well, no, I I ordered a terrace, so this this kind of heat today." And then Europe does not have air conditioning, so Oof. well, at least Czech Republic didn't. Uh, Austria did. Uh, it had a little bit. London had a little bit, but yeah, it's not not the AC you think of here, where you turn it on and it it cranks. So it's um, uh, yeah, it's that's kind of the what we had to deal with and. I forgot to tell you this last week, but I now realize why I will never be on the amazing race, which is going on right now. A, I don't like to be lost. B, trying to find things is not always the easiest in a language you don't know. Luckily, uh, because I think they're part of the uh, European Union, they had like English, German, Polish, and uh, and Czech Republic uh, at the train, transit, stuff like that. But the walking. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God, the amount of walking. And we went to a, a castle. I can't remember the name of it. And so when you come on the tram, there's this stop and we're like, okay, whatever. We'll get off this stop. Cause that's the one she found. It's straight uphill. You remember that one yes. episode where they had to go all the way up those stairs. Yeah. That's literally what it felt like. And I told Layla, that's what it felt like. <laughs> so we get to the top and we're seeing all these older people come down the, down these stairs. And we're like, how in the world did they get up these stairs? And, like, they're not, for lack of a better term, not dying in this heat. And we couldn't figure it out. We're like, they're used to it, right? Like, they're, nor- they're used to it. So we go through this castle. We see all the history in the museum and stuff like that. We go out, and we're, we're going through trying to find this other end. We go at the other end. There's es- the other entrance. Escalator entrance. Other entrance. So if you had taken oh, the tram up oh, the street wow. two more yeah. stops, I think, we'd have stopped here <laughs> and got out and been able to walk down the stairs nice. to the tram instance. So, oh, no. yeah, that's that's kind of why I found that I may not be on the Amazing Race. But, I mean, speaking of that, they're in, they were in my hometown. Well, kind of. Lethbridge. Lethbridge. They were in Lethbridge. Yes. So it was you're, quite, caught, you're actually watching that. Yeah, we watched Canadian. I don't, I don't think you watched. Uh, you didn't bring that up last week, did you? No, I didn't think so. 
No, they're nope. uh, this is actually a good. One. I think they're they're saying within Canada, every, yep. everything is within Canada yep. on this uh, this season. So uh, it's nice. There's no, um, you know, I could have went on this one because there's no language barriers <laughs> yeah. or anything like yeah. that. Uh, I, so far, I've liked it. I like the season so far. I'm curious to see how far east they go. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're just in Montreal, but I don't. They've got to go. They've got. They didn't come, come out here, way. did they? Not yet. No, but um, I'm trying to find like a spoiler site. Yeah. That tells us exactly where, you know, what cities they've been to and what days it was. But, yeah, that's on um, Mondays at, uh, I think, 9 mm-hmm. on... Uh, is it Global? CTV. CTV. Yeah, sorry. CTV. Uh, yeah. Well, this is the season finale, so we won't be back till you know, middle of August once the training camp gets kicked off. Uh, you want to make your... Like, who do you have winning that thing? The uh, the brothers, the funny brothers, yeah. the goofy brothers, they're funny. Yeah. Uh, they seem to have some good chemistry. Um, uh, to me, I think they're probably like the favorites, just because they're they seem to be the outdoorsy type yeah. people. They've done, a, they've probably done some of these. There's probably going to be a canoeing thing eventually, and I mean, yeah, I think they're, they're in sp- Kelowna this week. Yeah, they spend half their time in the water. Those yeah. guys, because they're from uh, you know north of Toronto, <laughs> Perry Sound area. Yep, and the the lakes, Thousand Lakes or whatever it's called. Um, so I, I, I give, I give them the edge. Um, I'm actually surprised that Tishon and I think it's his uncle. They're off to, they're not exactly having a great start. Tishon's from, uh, won a season to big brother Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's on this season of amazing race Canada, him and his uncle, they're not off to a great start. So, um, I think they're probably going to pick it up here eventually, but I got to give it to the, the O'Connell, the McConnell brothers from McConnell, Ontario. <laughs> I think that's what they're called. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I got to give them the, uh, the, the edge. The edge. Yep. All right, well, uh, we got a jam-packed show, so we're going to get right into it. Uh, don't forget, as always, follow us on Twitter. There won't be much as in the next month here. Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, TikTok. And we finally figured out this camera thing, so we are on YouTube again just as the season ends, but doesn't mean we won't be back for next year. And there's some works, uh, some things in the works maybe for a newer, bigger audience uh, next year, but we'll have to see. A um, couple players at the World Under-17 camp, uh, Adam Forte, Gendron, the First overall or the first round pick, fourteenth overall, and then Gabe Smith. Yeah, first thing. I mean, I, I watched more of the green games than I did the black game until the the final one. Um, first thing that stands out is Gabe Smith is tall. Yeah, very is, big boy. He is a very big boy. He's uh, he's tough to push in front of the net. He's good behind the net. He's able to use his size uh, to spin out, uh, protect the puck uh, quite well. Um, so I didn't see much on Forte Drundron except for that last game. Um, but he seemed to move the puck well, good puck mover. Um, but yeah, the thing that stood out for me with Gabe was, uh, was size. I think you'll have to work on his skating just a little bit, um, at the Q level, but, um, I, I don't, as we'll get into here in a little bit, when we get into the camp, uh, roster preview here, I, I don't see him not being on this lineup. He had two assists in the four games. Uh, Fortune Gendron had one assist in the four games and had a bit of a, a bit of a, Injury scare can scare concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you texted me the the. <laughs> did you see that injury? What injury? <laughs> what injury? Um, yeah, I was. That was uh, concerning for me. You you, just the way he went down and the way he was clutching. You know, grabbing his leg and you just oh no, not right now. You know, yeah. you're a month away from training camp. You don't want you know your top pick to go down with an injury. And I think that's kind of where I stopped watching the game because i was like oh this yeah. is not good um and then gabe smith has to serve the penalty yeah, from the Gabe's, guy Gabe's, that got the knee exactly yeah so gabe smith serves the five minute major yeah. for boarding if you want to is that know. what they called it they called it boarding 
Yeah. Ooh, I well, I sent it, the video to you. I spliced it. I was like, that is kneeing. Yeah. Um, I also think it's a referee development camp. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you're asking me, a lot of these calls were, were marginal, but um, yeah, it, honestly, it was uh, it was very concerning to see you know when you saw him go down uh just because of how he was how he reacted and um could put any weight on his right leg had to be helped off the ice and you're like oh man no this is a acl or an mcl or or something something like that um like from varsity blues please god don't do this to me now <laughs> and then i so i turned it off because i could i don't think i could watch anymore and I decided to watch the third period then the next morning and yeah. he was back out there. So I don't know if it just maybe just been a Charlie horse or what. I'm not a doctor, but um, for for him to come back uh, that quickly, mm-hmm. considering how painful it looked, uh, good, good news, very good news. And uh, yeah, I think he's, uh, he played really, I, I was actually impressed with him. He's, He's as advertised. He's, you know, a great skater. Doesn't, uh, you know, mistake-free kind of defenseman, which is which is nice. And uh, Gabe Smith had a good tournament. Well, you know, he had a couple assists, but he was he was in there. I think that the first couple of games, you know, there was he could have easily had a goal and an assist in that first game. He was he had some good chemistry with uh, with Jeremy Larue, uh, Shakutami pick, and uh, they they seemed to click the last uh, couple of games of the tournament. But yeah, he picked up a couple points, and that was that was nice to see. Uh, but he's a yeah, big, 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 yeah. big kid. Yeah, when he fills into that body. Yeah, he's. I think he could probably easily touch two hundred pounds if he uh, if he works hard. But yeah, I think um, you know I, I like the chances of him of him signing. It's I'm, I'm not too concerned about his uh, other other options that mm-hmm. scared teams away. Yeah, because you know skill wise, size wise, he should have been a first round pick. Yeah, and I was very uh, as I watched in the tournament. I uh, watched the first red and green game. Um, Justin or Poirier uh, that his line with uh, Calabrini, I think they had some they had some connection. But um, just watching some of the highlights with uh, Dag, so glad that uh, Kate Breton didn't take him, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we didn't have to play him yeah, eight times finished, eight times a year. Finished top goal turn in the league, two point five goals against. Mm-hmm. Like that's uh, he seems to. Like you said, come as advertised. I'm kind of glad that uh, Kate Breton passed on him so that we don't have to face him eight times, nine times a year for the next four years. But um, bring it back, back into Moncton. We're going to get the next time you hear us will probably be just after camp starts, probably around August 22nd. Camp gets going August 15th. You know, we kind of touched on it a little bit. This is a camp where, A, they're big. This is a size camp. It was a concerted effort to bring in size. They brought in six free agents. They've added. They added defenseman. They added one more too that I saw on there. Isaiah. Isaiah Para. Yeah. 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 So they've added that one since again another big free agent. Uh, by big I mean size wise. Um, yeah. This is a this is a, a a very competitive camp and it's going to be like we've had defense be the the um, thing to watch at camp. But I think now the forward battle is going to be the thing to watch. Like, there's so many spots that I, it's very tough to put a, lo- a roster together. There is. There's going to be some returning players that aren't going to be back this year, and um, which is um, unfortunate. But you know, when uh, <clears throat> when you get to a certain age, uh, you've you've got to 
do something to to prove yourself and mm-hmm. there's probably uh you know a, a i would say a three at least three forwards that um i'm kind of not necessarily putting on my roster uh this year that would have been on last year's team and that's uh I mean, that that's that's one line uh so it's uh that's just tells you how competitive this camp is going to be and you know the 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 free agent group looks uh looks really good there's three you know really good sized defensemen there's a goalie with really good numbers in, in junior a there's uh you know there's uh the Perron who had uh, a pretty good year with with Lac Saint Louis there's Goran Stobo who was impressive with Cole Harbor and I know I'm missing one but um it's going to be very competitive and you know if Gagne Gagne that's the one who I don't know anything about <laughs> um so there you go and yeah. uh yeah I think I can maybe 3 or 4 free agents will make the team this year that's yeah. that's my guess you know and that's that's just because it's um you know there's going to be spots up for grabs and nothing's nothing's a given no um so what's a guy in the camp whether a free agent, uh, one of the draft picks, one of the returning guys that, you know, you're excited and, and has the most work, I guess not the most work, like that you're excited to see come into this camp at, from last year to this year. Or like returning player? Yeah. Or a returning player. I mean, for, for me, uh, Miles Mueller put on such a strong second half last year um that i'm looking forward to seeing his progression mm-hmm. uh going into going into next season uh, i know the rookies are uh lansbury is gonna be ready to go uh he's gonna be you know you know i'm not gonna put him as rookie of the year but you know one of those guys that's gonna step in right away and and probably play not every night but every i would say every second night yeah and uh you know pr- probably contribute on that on that fourth line and um because for me it's Tybo. The guy started he, he started yeah. slow. And, but he ended up taking like when when uh LaBelle was out there, he was taking almost every face off. Uh, big situation face offs and he just got better. And that's the thing you have to learn how to do in this league is take face offs, mm-hmm. especially when you're going against Charlottetown, St. John, uh Bathurst, who has top guys as they're lo- loading up. You're facing those guys. I think they faced him 20-some times in 30 games against mm-hmm. those teams. Those aren't easy face-offs to win, and he held his own, and I think another year more comfortable in this league, um, another year face-offs, I think, he'll, I think he's someone that can have a big camp because he's going to have to step in to the top six um, and be a be a force in the face-off circle. He's going to be taking a lot of face-offs with him and LaBelle. And, you know, the other guys that we kind of talked about and I could, I've compared him is Loshing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I compared him to Mika Seer. When I first got here, Mika Seer had the injury in the playoffs, and then he had the injury the following year, and then took two years and had very good years. The offense came. He stayed healthy, and that was one of the keys was for Pelche to have a great year or McKenna to have a great year. Seer had to stay healthy, and and I think Loshing is that type of player that if we're going to get that production and he stays healthy, we're going to be just fine. And I and I that's I don't want to say he has pressure on him at camp, but that's just a guy I'm looking at at camp to come in and show like no I'm healthy I'm ready to go all 68 games watch me go If you can stay healthy I'll be uh, you know I'll be I'll be happy he'll have a big year if he stays healthy cuz he's he's going to be playing in the top 6 Yep. Well, maybe not top 6 it could be very top well the top line Yep. 
and uh, if he stays healthy, it's it's going to be very nice to see. As long as it, let's let's be honest, if there's this whole team stays healthy, <laughs> yeah, um, we'll be it'll be nice yeah. to see because uh, there's been you know we've we've in the past few Depth years been there's tested. been yes, very good way to put it. Uh, there's been some unfortunate injuries to key players that probably hurt the team uh, because you know we just didn't have that that depth to, yeah. to for another player to step in. So, you know, fingers crossed we could have a, a healthy year, no serious injuries, uh, because, you know, we're, we're going to have a better team this year. Let's, let's be honest. It's, it's going to be a lot more competitive and uh, you're probably, you know, we're, I think it's safe to say that Halifax will, it's their division to lose. Uh, and I think we're, we're on the heels. We're on the heels. And healthy. Even Cape Breton. I mean, it's, yeah. They're not Cape Breton's not going to be a slouch. They've they've made some some quality moves, and um, you know if they would have brought in the the names that they were supposed to, and you know Josh Lawrence and and Biakabatuka, they would be even they would look even better. But they brought in Josh Lawrence. Did they, they? Sent him right they out. They just right? sent him right out. He didn't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, Eagles legend Josh yeah, Lawrence, exactly. as, as we like to say. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they if they would have gotten those two guys, it would have been a different story. Yeah. But they still look really well and. Bathurst is Bathurst is going to have a strong first half because they're they're going to take it they're going to have the kidneys they're going to have the the Melancins or Bed, Bednar Bednar no. should be there yeah is he yeah he's one of the twenties and Euro I think oh wow they have to bring him back or okay. is he nineteen I don't know Bed Bednar he was drafted the same year as Barb's so he'd be nineteen okay I believe yeah yeah we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna fact check that yeah, one. Uh, but they're they're strong in net, so they're gonna have a, you know, they're gonna be right there with us, I think, in the first half. Yeah, and uh, it's gonna be similar to, you know, they're gonna trade kidney, they're gonna trade Melanson. The they very well could trade Bednar. He's nineteen. Yeah, so they're gonna have a strong first half, and they're probably gonna tail off in the second half. So that's that's our that's our way of of moving up. And uh, and hopefully securing you to that second or third spot in the division, uh, possibly first. You know, it's uh, in Halifax. It takes one injury. You know, if there's uh, if there's an injury to uh, a Dume or or Larue, um, you know, any one of those guys, yeah. uh, they're that's going to affect them. And Lord knows, we 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 be game one and Larue could go off and hit someone and he's gone for 15 games right it's Mm -hmm. he's just uh you never know with him and uh yeah so it's it's gonna be very uh, it'll be a competitive division uh the top three teams last year will be the bottom three and the bottom three will be the top three yeah and and that's the light that's the cycle and um you know there's probably going to be games where you know, last season St. John put the nuts to us, and we're probably <laughs> going to put the nuts to, to, to St. John this yeah, year because we and, we used to in 2019, 2020, yeah. right? Like, it's, and that's, that's just, how this works. That's just uh, that's the way she goes, yeah. boys. And as the Trailer Park Boys say, that's the fucking way she goes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you, you got to make sure you're putting the nuts to them because you can't you can't allow them to creep in and, and lose those games that you're in the second half that you should win, especially when you're actually loading up and supposed to win. But you know, they're. Those are games you're you're gonna be kind of expected to win as as the season goes on and staying healthy. But um, yeah, preseason uh, gets started a month from Monday uh, at the Aiken Center against St. John. 
Friday here at the Uniplex against St. John, Avenir Center against the Islanders, and they go to Cornwall against the Islanders. And then they finish off the first half, the first half of the preseason at the Avenir Center on the 26th. Oh, is there an unnecessary like two-week break? Oh, yeah. Friday, August 26th. And then we come back September 10th uh, against Bathurst up in Caraquette. Sunday, September 11th against Caraquette. Caraquette. Caraquette at 7 p.m. And then they turn around and they play Sunday here, or Sunday at Bucktouche against the Islanders. And then at... uh, McClellan Arena in Charlottetown to finish the season September 3rd, and then we have to wait two weeks till October 3rd for the home opener. So, hmm, Interesting. Okay, well, um, I didn't know about the Karakite game. Yeah. Beautiful town. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I went there actually last uh, last September. Might be worth the uh, – might be worth the, no, not really, in the preseason. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's – look, that's uh, – things are going quick. There's, um, you know – one month ago, and yeah. uh, when we're recording this on Monday night, sixty-nine <laughs> days until the the Wildcats home opener. Nice, nice, and uh, yeah. Next thing you know, it's summer's gonna be over, and we're gonna be back in the rink. So before we get into our guest, I got one like we should probably do a roster prediction, and yeah. it's way too early for that. But you know what? We love doing roster predictions, and uh, sometimes we're right, <laughs> sometimes we're wrong, sometimes we're fifty-fifty. Yeah. Uh, be interesting to see if we agree as much as we did on. I uh, have a good feeling, not necessarily where players might slot in. Yeah, uh, but I think the whole idea of a twelve forwards, six defensemen, two goalies situation might uh, mm-hmm. might fit in. I, I think we've. I think we're probably going to be on the same page. I think our fourth line may differ. May differ significantly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, other than that, I think we're we're probably going to be on the same page. All right, so where do you want to start? Goaltending. Let's start a goaltending. Build like like Richie always says, build from the back. That's end right. Out, right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I've got Philion and Steinman. Um, confirmed. Yeah. Yes. Steinman. Steinman. Yeah. And we're gonna have all. No 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 Steinman. Yeah. Yeah. No 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 Steinman. We're not sure how well he plays, but just for that fact alone. We can have no, 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 Steinman. Batman. I mean, Steinman. (laughs) He's one of the goaltenders. I mean, what was he? 295 goals against average. He's like six foot nine or six Mm -hmm. foot eight or something. Like, he's a big kid. And this is nothing against Geo. And I've been a Geo supporter the whole time. But at some some point, is he a Q goaltender? And, you know, last year in the preseason, there was that game, I believe, in Charlottetown where it was him and, and Sheehan. Mm-hmm. And it was their chance to be the backup, and mm-hmm. it was just make a save. And and I just, I love Gio, and I think I've I've liked him ever since camp. I just I just don't know if he's going to have enough to to beat out a guy like Steinman. Sorry, six foot, hundred eighty seven pounds. Um, you know, Cooper Fleming is another guy that I think is just on the cusp there. Uh, Kiefer Thompson as well there, but I just think they're bringing in a big, tall, nineteen year old goaltender, and I think that's. It's an asset you didn't have to give up to bring in a 19-year-old goaltender, so I feel like that's that's where we're going. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, in the in the event a call-up will be needed, um, you know, Cooper Fleming's going to be a couple hours away. Um, and I know when we, during the draft, Adam, I said this to you. I said, they need a Quebec goalie. They need a Quebec goalie. I said this. How many times did I say that to you? Four. At least four times. Probably starting at the seventh or eighth round, I said, yeah. they need a Quebec goalie. They need a Quebec goalie. Because they didn't have one. Yeah. Other than other, other than Philia. You know, you take two goalies on a road trip, 
to get back if one gets injured. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You have to go fi- find one to sign one. Uh, finally, I think I don't, I'm not sure which round he got picked, but Anthony LeBlanc, I think his name is twelfth round. Yeah, very Acadian name. So, you know, yeah. not very thirteenth round. Sorry, thirteenth. Yeah. So um, they needed a Quebec goalie. They finally got one. So. Uh, I'm I'm happy with that. Um, I don't know anything about him, mm-hmm. but I, I I gotta go with Fillion and uh, and Steinman and run with it. Uh, Gio, you know you're you're a good jun- you're a great junior A goalie. Uh, you just can't cut it in 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 the queue. Uh, Cooper Fleming and and Keegan Thompson, like I said, they're gonna be around if 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 we need mm-hmm. you know some call ups here. So yeah, it's um, and. Play Philly on sixty percent of the games. Like you brought in Steinman as a free agent to back up, mm-hmm. he's the backup. Mm-hmm. So let let Philly on roll. This is his time to play sixty at least sixty percent of the games. Because uh, if you remember back uh, about a month ago, that was one of the things I wanted. Um, so I don't know if you want to go pairs of defensemen or just kind of the seven eight defensemen. Um, let's let's go pairs. I mean, okay. we, we can start with pairs. Okay. Well, I have Hamel and Asenza. Not the top pair, but I know that pair is going to stick together. Iacenza, that would be my three yeah. or four pair. Yeah, no, I, I actually have Iacenza and Hamel as number one. The top pair? Yeah, okay. the top pair um, because I think we're finally going to see some goals yeah. from Hamel. Uh, and Iacenza's, um, his his offensive, you know, the offensive side of the game, uh, we've we've been drawn to his, his physicality, his defensive awareness, I think we'll see uh, a step up on on the, def- on the on the offensive side this year. I wouldn't I wouldn't put them as the top power play unit. No, that's Moran. Yes, but I would put them as as probably one of the top uh, D the top D pair. So who's your second pair? So my f- second pair will be Moran and Thomas Darcy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I have Darcy on my team. I'm not sure if you do or not. I have him as the seventh defenseman. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've That's seen a, I've seen way too many good things from him yeah. to have him as an extra. He's for me he's yeah. in a he's in a top he's earned his top four playing time. And that's he's a player that when we were talking just a moment ago about guys that need to have the big camp. I think he mm-hmm. for me he's one of them because I had him as the seventh, but coming off a good camp this year again, he could easily slot into the top six. Mm-hmm. Um I had Moran and Ballantyne. Okay. Um, I actually had them as the top pair because Moran is just great, mm-hmm. and Ballantyne, big defenseman. We're not sure what he's going to be, but it, he he feels to me like he's that defensive defenseman type, six three one ninety, big shutdown guy. So shutdown guy allows Moran to do what he needs to do on the top pair, and then my bottom pair is uh, AGF and Grenier. May not last that way, but that's what I have as the as the bottom pair. I have Ballantyne and Grenier. As my bottom pair. You don't have a you don't have Forte Gendron on the team. Oh my goodness, Chris! Uh... <laughs> and then I and then I had Dolomit and uh, I had Darcy as the seventh defenseman and, and kind of your first call up was Dolomit. But oh my uh, Christ! Um, <laughs> no, I I don't have. Oh wow, I don't have Mora on my team. So Oops. this this right now is exactly what I was like last year when I was like I got this guy, this guy, this guy, and you're like. You don't have Pilot? No, I don't have. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so again, before we kind of did yeah, this, yeah. Like okay. Where, so where just, you... my bad. My bad. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I had this wrong. So Morag goes with Darcy, mm-hmm. and Forte Jean-Draw goes with 
Valentine. And I have Merce, not Mercier, Grenier, excuse Grenier. me, as as an extra. Oh, okay. My bad. Wow. <laughs> and I think good. I think Grenier for me and Darcy can kind of flip flop a little bit because Grenier you have to see what kind of size he brings because mm-hmm. last year he was a little small, got injured early on, but um, yeah, I, I, I was a little bit of a. <laughs> I was like last year. And, I was like, holy I, shoot, what the hell? <laughs> when I forgot P-Lot. Holy smokes. Oh. That wasn't good. No, but you fixed it. I did fix it. You it's fixed it, so, you so we have all the same players. Yeah. We just have different uh, different orders as we go through. So, um, And go- they usually take eight defensemen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's either going to be one of those other free agents, whether it's, you know, Solomon or, or Nadeau or... Um, Wouldn't be surprised if it's a Solomon that they could put, like you said, the willing... Wellington Dukes trade him somewhere so that yeah. he can play Junior A here in New Brunswick, at least play, and mm-hmm. then he's right there as a call-up, Yeah, right? exactly. Like, so it, it's just one of those, I, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, he just seems like he's got the size that we want to be able to keep him around and, and not have, have him get uh, scooped up by, by an OHL team, even though he's you know that's obviously his jurisdiction. But, yeah, um, yeah it, I don't know anything about him. I don't know much about Nadeau, um, but, you know, Valentine seems to be to to me the one that, given his right shot, given his size, um, seems to be one you know kind of has got the lead on on the other two. Like I know Nadeau is is a is a right shot as well, um, but on a junior hockey experience level, mm-hmm. um, Valentine has that edge because I think he played a whole season of junior A last year. Compared to Nadeau, I think he split between midget. Triple A and some Junior A, so that's the only reason why I'm giving him the uh, him the edge there. And again, we we have no idea what these players are like. So come camp, they could absolutely Valentine could fall off, and Nadeau is mm-hmm. the, the the defenseman, right? So, um, all right, so we'll go to the forwards. Uh, I've got Loshing, Labelle, and Barbashev as the top line. Loshing, Labelle, Barbashev confirmed. Nice. Well, that's not bad. We're we're getting pretty good at this. Uh, I got Mercier, Ty Bell, and OJ as the second line. So I'm going to put Baudouin on the second line. Okay. Because why the hell would you pay two third-round picks to have him play on the third line? I'm. That's you've, yeah, yeah. You've got to find a spot for him yep. uh, on the on the top uh, on the top six. So I would go. Um, I'm with you on the top line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might even make a change here. Uh, I'm looking at two. I've got one saved on my computer and I've got one saved on my phone. <laughs> Um, How many rosters you got going? Well, there's so much. I yeah. think one's pre-draft and one's uh, post-draft. Um, so I'll just finish mine while you're thinking. Yeah. I put Baudouin, Mueller, Mueller, and Danielle on the third line because mm-hmm. that is a shutdown third line if there's a shutdown third line. Mm-hmm. Baudouin can move up and down if Mercier or OJ, if you need to do that. And they've proven that they can play with Danielle. Danielle can move up. So that's mm-hmm. my third. I like to have – every time we've done this, I like to have that third – Line shut down line. Uh, Mueller's going to be your PK guy. Mueller and Baudouin is your PK guys. I, or sorry, Danielle's your PK guys. I love that. And then my fourth line, I've got Lounsbury at center with Gabe Smith and Gagne. And then I got Matthews uh, and Matthews or Saracen is my extra forward there. So okay. um, Gabe Smith, I don't see him staying on that fourth line. Uh, you know, I kind of see him maybe moving up to third line, but I like that fourth line of Lounsbury, the speed. Gabe Smith is a big guy for Gagne. Vern Gagne? Not Vern Gagne. Is it Alexi Gagne? Alexi Gagne. Vern Gagne is the wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. 
don't uh, know why I was thinking that, but that's that's where I have, and that's I know that paying the the prices for the two thirds for Baudouin, you kind of want to put them in your top six, but I feel like that would lead fans to the pressure of Kalmakov putting him in the top six, expecting that offense. So if you put him in the third line, he's the the depth piece to score. He's the physical. So that's kind of why I didn't want to put him in the top six. And I get mm-hmm. where you're putting him there. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just I don't want to put that pressure on him. Like, oh, we paid the two-thirds for this, so you're in the top six. So put the puck in the net. So that was my thinking. Well, it's it's a good point. Um, but, I mean, he was playing top two lines in Schwinnigan on a contender. So mm-hmm. if you're paying, if you're playing top two lines in Schwinnigan on a contender, how are you not playing top two lines in Moncton sure. on, a, on a second year rebuild? Yeah, um, that's my mindset. So I mean, I've got Loshing, Labelle, and Barbashev. My second line, I've got Baudouin, Tybell, and Auger. Uh My third line, um, in my opinion, I don't think you're getting a commitment from Gabe Smith without giving him third line ice time. So I've got him. Mueller and Mercier on my third line. And then uh, Alexi Daniel, I know he deserves to play more up in the lineup, uh, but I do have him on the, on the fourth line, but I think he'll get some power play time. So I've got him with uh, Lounsbury and the young man who I said to keep an eye on a training camp next is Quincy Nicholas Suprian. On my fourth line. Yep. Uh, then I have uh, Luke McPhee and Isaiah Parra as an extra. Oh, I forgot about Luke McPhee. Luke Cause, McPhee. Because he was injured all last year. I kind of forgot about yeah. him. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, all right. Yeah, so... So you uh, have three rookies from this draft class. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've got the uh, the two obvious ones. Yeah, and then and the I've got one, the... One sleeper. The uh, patented late round selection guy. So... Um, I mean, pretty even. I think yeah. I I knew our bottom six would be uh, would be a little weird. Yeah. Um, but we're kind of we're pretty. Even I'm a little surprised the... to see Daniel on your fourth line. Uh, Me too. Just because a, you know, I have him on my on my pre-draft lineup. Yeah. I have him. I gotta pull it up here. I have him centering the third line on my pre-draft lineup. Mm-hmm. In my post-draft lineup, I've got him on my fourth line. So it's um it's you know it, it's hit or miss. Um, I, I know he's better than the fourth line, but we're getting into a spot where you know a you need to get Gabe Smith guaranteed ice time if you want him here, um, and Mueller, he's not a top six player, but he's not a fourth line player. So yeah. you got to put him on the third line. Mercier you know, he's he's not a fourth-line player. He does fit in the top six, but our top six is our top six right now. Yeah. So you got to put him in the third. And I think what I like about Daniel is, you know, he, I think he's perf- the kind of the perfect player to play with young guys mm-hmm. just because of how hard he works. Yeah. Um, he's a leader. I fully expect him to be wearing a letter this year. Uh, and to have a line mate that's, you know, in his, in his third year, um, you know, he's a local guy. He can show you around. He's, you know, take these young players under his wing, show them, you know, I I just think it, for me, it's, it's, it's a good fit. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and he's just one of those guys to me uh, you know I've never talked to him but he just seems like he's he's not the one who would complain about playing fourth line because he knows that that his his style of play is yeah. fourth line and he's if he's playing a fourth line he, you know he can easily he's, he he brings offense to the fourth line a lot of these fourth line te- fourth lines in the team in the league it's mostly young guys it's rookies that yeah. they don't have that experience on uh, to play with and this is a guy you know okay go here go here on the ice go here um you know go here and you know so it just he can direct he can direct the traffic and 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 be that guy that these young players can can count on as as a line mate so um he, he just to me he just doesn't seem like a person a kind of guy that would complain about playing on the fourth line even though he knows that he's better than a fourth line player yeah and he's going to get ice time mm-hmm. uh you know he he's a second power play guy Mm-hmm. He's gonna be, I think him and Mueller are your number one PK guys. Hundred like percent. Um, it's gonna so be he's one gonna of the better... get his, his ice time there. Yeah. So obviously our our three twenty year olds are Labelle, Hamel, and Baudouin. Yes. So we don't envision Olsen being back. Um, you think Cloutier's gone? I've yep. got, I don't have Pavin, don't on, have there. Pavin on there. I don't have Dalmont on there. Um, yeah. You know, it, I switched it's... Saracen for McPhee. Yeah. <laughs> or. Like, well, I, Saracen I completely, is just I completely one of those forgot guys about Luke it's, it, it's you know Saracen's like, and I like Saracen's game. I, like, me he, too. He fit. He fits the fourth line. One out of every six or seven games mm-hmm. jumps into a lineup on a road stretch, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the type of game that he's playing right now. And and when he gets in there, he's not going to make the mistakes that a lot of young guys make. He fits in. He's physical. Mm-hmm. He puts some pucks in the net. So there's always. 15 but I like forwards. Matthews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yeah. always fifteen forwards. Right, um, usually fifteen. So I don't have fifteen. I've got fourteen. So I'll I'll add I'll add in Saracen, right? Oh, it, yeah. It's it's just one of those things I where fourteen too. They usually take fifteen forwards, eight yeah. defensemen, two goalies, right? So you're for me right here. I'm short of forward. I'm short. I'm short of defenseman. So uh, you know, sure, I'll add in. Well, yeah. If I'm short, if they're taking fifteen, then I'll add Saracen. I'll add Saracen. Right. I'll add Dolmont. You yeah. know, it's just one of those things where it's if you got to fit them in, fit them in. Um, but this is what we're speaking to on the camp, right? Like this is a, and this is the third year, like Gavin Cornforth. Mm-hmm. He could be an impact player that makes yeah. an impact if he's here, right? Like very possible. He I was mean, on with, uh, Tim and said he was going to come check out the city. So, yeah. and he's, he made the, he made the U S, um, under 17, five yeah. nations team. That's going to be playing in, in yeah. Colorado in August. And, uh, Cole Eiserman from, <laughs> very, there, there, honestly, no. there's I I I slimmed enough. There are so there are so many things I would do that are completely inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, if there was for a, a family way, show, yeah, if yeah. there was a way for him to to come to Moncton, yeah. um, you know. But I I envision in at the 2024 NHL draft when he's a probably a top ten pick. Yeah, um, I can go and retweet saying Moncton Wildcats legend, <laughs> yeah, Cole Iserman yeah. or Iserman. Yeah. I don't know how, but it's yeah, it's one of those things where it's. He's never going to wear a jersey, a Wildcats jersey, probably, except for the one that gets shipped at, shipped to. Um, but man, if he does. If Man, if he does. Uh, yeah. So, uh, speaking of letters, Daniel's probably going to wear a letter. Yep. Uh, I envision, for me, a C on Hamel, an A on Daniel, and an A on LaBelle. And then you can maybe add one more L. Those are, that would be the leadership group that I would uh, that I would probably see. Yeah, um, I, I, I would go with Hamel. Uh, for sure, um, 
I would obviously Daniel. I would even put one on Barbashev. Yeah. Uh, and just because you look at this roster, he's the only NHL pick. True. Right. Uh, yeah. He's the only NHL pick. And uh, they do like to have home and road. Yeah. A's, so he yeah. could be one. Yeah. I'm not going to look at. Uh, I'm not looking at assistants and no. captains right now. But uh, yeah, no, I just put that out there because I'm like, man, eh, they haven't had one, and I don't know if they're going to go another year without having something. But um, it's a. It's another year where we're excited for camp. You should be excited for camp because if you're there, there's going to be spots up for grabs. We, Like you say, you hate the duel. We're going to know what this team looks like by the time we get to that stupid break. Mm-hmm. But that first three weeks is going to be a battle at the is it Propane Plex? Is it, yeah, Propane Plex is yeah. the name we gave it. Yeah. yeah, I was like, are they doing it there? Or are they doing it at the Uniplex? I'm not sure, so. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, we're just a month away from camp. So August 15th it starts, probably at the Propane Plex. Um, it's it's going to be exciting. But uh, I heard the doorbell ring, so we should probably get to our, probably get to our guest, eh? I guess. Might as well. Yeah. View from the other bench. Well, I mean, not so much of an other bench, but another bus. Uh, it's the season finale, which means we always bring a big guest for the show. And, uh, you know, this guy's traveled so many miles. The stories he's about to tell us, uh, getting this team on the road, where they need to be, when they need to be there. We're happy to have in studio Wildcats bus driver, Bernie Hashey. Bernie, first of all, thanks for doing this, taking the time, man. I really appreciate you uh, jumping in the studio with us. Pleasure is mine. Thank you for having me. First uh, podcast debut, I take it. Yes, it is indeed. Yeah. Yes. The the <laughs> the unsung hero of bus uh, bus drive. Just talk about how you came to Moncton, how you got this job, and just what it's been like. Well, going back about uh, five years ago, I guess, uh, my wife and I decided to come down to Moncton, leaving the beautiful city of Barrie, and I had done <laughs> previous uh, OHL driving with the Barrie Colts. Right. And I was also uh, doing some part-time bus work for a company up in Barrie, Aurelia. And uh, it was kind of a crazy moment when we decided to take a move to Moncton. Uh, I'm originally from Bathurst uh, and left there quite young, so decided to come back to my roots. And uh, Moncton was the place to be, a nice cultural city, a great hockey town, great sports town, lots of restaurants. And... Believe it or not, uh, Adam, we uh, were looking online for a bed and breakfast uh, somewhere in the vicinity of uh, PEI, maybe Nova Scotia, and uh, my wife came up to me after I saw a few places we were looking at. This was a Thursday evening, and uh, she pointed something out to me. She said, uh, you do realize that if we get a B&B, you're not golfing anymore, right? <laughs> so it was like an instant stop on that yep. situation. Yep. So we ended up finding a condo on Thursday night. So she said, are there any condos in Moncton? I said, yeah. I said, there's probably a few. So we looked online, and this was at about 11 o'clock Thursday night. And by 9, 10 the next morning, I'd purchased uh, our condo here in Moncton. And uh, within three months, we moved down. Uh, no intentions of working. Yeah. A lot of intentions of actually golfing. Um, then I saw an ad in the paper. They were looking for a motor coach operator for the Moncton Wildcats. So I figured... Yeah, I've still got my bus license yeah. uh, put in for it, and steps happen pretty quickly. I uh, got a phone call from Roger Shannon saying, uh, come on in for an interview. Yeah. Came in, and uh, within two weeks, I was offered the position to drive the Wildcats. And uh, 
first of all, I love hockey. Uh, I've always enjoyed the yeah. junior level hockey as well as the NHL, of course. Uh, but this was a, a nice surprise that I could actually get to see a lot of the away games. And uh, plus, I enjoy driving. So it was a good combination for me. I enjoy driving, enjoy hockey. And uh, here I am six years later and I'm back at it. So I kind of feel the same way. We moved out here five years ago, just came out here on a holiday and then moved out, loved it, and moved out here and started this whole venture with this guy from which has the connection to Barry. Yeah. You're a big Barry guy. I'm a big Barry guy. Oh, is that right? Yeah, my uh, my wife's from Wasaga Beach. Okay. And my uh, my mom's whole side of the family's from from Barry. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, I I like to get up there and uh, watch the Colts if I can. And um, yeah, I'm actually, <laughs> the problem is you keep going to the beach in the summer. Yeah, so I keep going to the beach. So. Not really Colts hockey yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I'm actually going there on uh, Friday. Oh, this week. lovely. Yeah, so nice little vacation and um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, we lived in Barrie for 19 years, I think it was, because I was working in Toronto at the time, and Mm -hmm. it's beautiful, what you call sleeper city. It is. Yeah, but... uh, Growing city. Yeah, Yeah. halfway up to the cottage country, which is nice, but Mm -hmm. you've also got Lake Simcoe just around the corner, Mm -hmm. and Wasaga Beach, Collingwood. Yeah, so great skiing, great golfing, so... Selling it. We're going to put it on a tour, tourism ad here. (laughs) We're going to have to contact the uh, town of Collingwood and the city of Barrie, and, uh, you know... Put out a put out a uh, tourism ad for the for the podcast here. Yeah, excellent. I love the area. Yeah, yeah actually, great. I was, did a lot of traveling up there and so mm-hmm. on. So, I've been retired now since '07, and we didn't move here till 2016. So, a lot of time to check out the courses and the ski slopes in the winter, and a little bit of ice fishing on Kempenfelt Bay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm actually going Kevin Fest is actually the weekend that I'm, I'm going. Love That's Kevin the Fest. Uh, long weekend in August, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I love Kevin Fest. Well, actually, when you're up there, take a look at the two big condos, the Nauticas. Yeah, that are right on the bay. Yeah, that's yeah. where that's where we came from. We were on the 13th floor yeah. of the Nautica facing the bay. My aunt used to went, live in one of those buildings. Beautiful place. Yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous place. Next, world, eh? next thing you know, Jeremy and I are going to be cousins. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> that might be. That's how we like to tie things in here <laughs> for... Uh, for the show, but I remember I came down to talk to Daniel, the, f- the photographer of the of the group, and it was the game that you were doing the singing, the old Canada, and you had said you sang for the Blue Jays, you'd sang for the Leafs. Like, how did that come about? Like, it- I used to sing with uh, numerous musical groups, a cappella. I used to sing with a group called Toronto Northern Lights, and uh, that group eventually became world champions in a cappella. And I also sang with foursomes, and I was really big into gospel music. I yeah. love the old Southern gospel or any kind of a cappella. I'm a big pentatonics fan, uh, Manhattan Transfer, th- I know that the type of music. Yeah. yeah. And I've always enjoyed it. Well, that gave me quite a bit of leeway as, as far as opportunities to sing with different groups and uh, and also different venues. So right. back in 93 was, uh, I stand corrected, in 85 was the first time that I was asked to sing uh, for the Blue Jays when they were playing at Exhibition Place at the time. Mm-hmm. So I got to do that one, got to do 1993, uh, which was the year that they won. Uh, kind of an interesting uh, venture on that one because mm-hmm. my dad was in the crowd, which he had never been to a ball game before, and I had lots of people from my family, and my dad had no idea that I was actually singing the national anthem. <laughs> and next thing you know, he's staring at the jumbotron, and there's this big bald head. And he kind of looked up, and he went, oh, my God, that that looks like Bernie. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that was Bernie. Ta-da, Dad. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I've been very fortunate as far as singing different venues. Uh, and, of course, just last year, well, I did do the National Anthem uh, a cappella at the old stadium. But this year I got a call from Mitch Byrne, 
uh, and he requested, said, Bernie said, both our guys are unable to make it tonight that we have lined up for the anthem. Are you able to do it? I said, sure, in one condition, I want to do it with my guitar. And he kind of went, well, that's going to be interesting. I've never heard the National Anthem done yeah. with the guitar as yeah. well. I showed up at about quarter to five, two, two hours, 15 minutes before the game, and I gave him my O Canada rendition. And he, he basically lit up like a Christmas tree. He said, that's going to be perfect. So, <laughs> Thank God, because I was probably next on the list, and I don't sing. So yeah. it's a good thing you did it. Well, I'm hoping by next year's contract I can talk Richie Thibault into letting me sing a couple more times. So. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was really good. I liked it. Well, I don't think they'll ever let uh, Ab and I sing O Canada at a game. It's, no. No? The, we've, we've, we've had our couple singing moments yeah. on the show and uh, i don't know the anthem in french yeah well i i do but so i have to go me and then you and yeah. then me and then us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I just don't works, i don't know not? how how well that would go um but yeah i think we'd probably have you here all night to, to share some stories but we won't keep you here all night um driving the bus um obviously some long hours what's what's just been your What's your favorite trip that you go on during during the course of the season? Your favorite rink to, to visit? Uh, well, there's no question. The Videotron in Quebec City is, mm-hmm. is by far in a league of its own. Mm-hmm. But there are other rinks. Like right now, the Gatineau, the uh, slushy, mm-hmm. slushy rink in Gatineau is gorgeous. Very well done. And the nice part is is I, I feel very welcomed at all the rinks. Uh, when you get, get up north, the Val d'Or and the Rouen Aranda, um, I guess they don't get that many visitors, you know, middle mm. of winter. So, yeah, it's, yeah. so it's always a nice surprise. And believe it or not, we've got numerous fans in those cities as well. Mm-hmm. People that are originally East Coast yep. personnel working mm-hmm. up there. But I would have to say uh, Cape Breton is a pleasure. Uh, probably the one I, I wouldn't say I dislike the most, but the one that I dislike losing the most is probably Harbors, Harbor Square in St. John. Yeah. For some reason, it's the closest rink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's a short ride back. Mm-hmm. But it's even uh, a longer ride when you don't win in yeah. St. John. Yeah, and yeah. that's why a win in St. John is, is worth twice the win in Shigudumi, for example. 100%. Yeah. But uh, no, they, all the um, all the journeys, the longest one, of course, that, that we return is Cape Breton. Mm. I mean, Sydney's a long haul. I mean, I've seen enough moose uh, to last me a lifetime and <laughs> deers and yeah. and sheeps and cattle. I mean, you see everything when you're driving. Meanwhile, the boys are in the back snoring, which is good for me. I mean, <laughs> yeah. as long as they're sleeping, yeah, yeah. there's yeah. no trouble being caused. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, all the road trips are quite different. Uh, Rimouski, Bécomo is fun. Uh, Bécomo, of course, uh, beautiful little town across the St. Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice ferry ride normally when we go across. Uh, Rimouski, same thing. Uh, probably the most loyal fans is Rimouski of all the rinks. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, every rink, probably the one that I don't enjoy as much uh, is probably Sherbrooke, only oh, because the bus doesn't fit in oh, many of their right? streets, oh, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like trying to get a 45-foot bus in a 20-foot square. Yeah. doesn't really work mathematically because mm-hmm. every corner is not 90 degrees. But we do get around. We do make <laughs> it. So it's good. Yeah. And they see that coming, they're just like, oh, yeah, hockey game tonight. Let's just slow down, <laughs> allow you to. I'm guessing there's probably a camaraderie between you and all the other bus drivers in the league that when they come here, you guys are chatting it up and telling stories and Absolutely. tips and tricks. And like, how do you stay awake? Like, you, you, you're not, like, I've seen a couple games in Charlottetown, and that's a small drive. I get it. You're not pregame napping during the hockey game. So, 
Like, how do you guys stay awake to well the, all day, drive there, watch a hockey game, drive home? Like, is it adrenaline from the game, or is it just you kind of get tips and tricks as you? The, like I said, the longest one that we drive home from is Cape Breton, five hours and three minutes. Normally, it takes us from door to door, and we yeah. normally leave ten o'clock at night. We get here about three o'clock in the morning. Uh, basically, I don't do anything during the whole day in Cape Breton. Uh, I'll basically park the bus. The boys walk to the rink for the morning skate. Because uh, it's, it's less than 700 meters away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, the bus will be parked. I might just grab a nap in the afternoon, maybe an hour and a half, two hours or so. And 4, four o'clock, 4.30, I'll go downstairs, open the luggage compartment so they can stuff their bags underneath. Uh, and then show up at the rink, take maybe an hour and a half and just relax, have my meal, and uh, watch the game, 10 o'clock. It's, it's like clockwork. The one thing I like with the... Uh, with Graham and, and uh, Macker and Bob Cormier, they can rush the boys to hurry up, get in the bus. We've got a long ride ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been told, I've been told by the uh, the president himself, the owner basically said, I'm leaving it up to you if you're tired, if something happens where you don't feel like driving, the weather's bad. He said, I'll definitely support you 100% should you decide to stop in right. Antigonish mm-hmm. or stop in yeah. Tour wherever you have to. And and since my beginning, I've only ever had to stay overnight in Bathurst, basically. Uh, went downstairs at that time, second period, talked to Darren Rumble, and I said, Darren, th- we're booking rooms tonight at the uh, Atlantic Host. I said, uh, there's a big storm. We're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to make it safely. And uh, no question about it. Everybody showed up. Everybody showed up at the hotel. The next morning, we're on our way home on a nice sunny day. Roads are clear. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, safety is mm-hmm. paramount. It's mm-hmm. uh, no question. Atlantic Coast, uh, they still have the squash courts there? You know what? I've never checked into that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had a few drinks and played squa- at the squash courts at the Atlantic Coast Hotel in Bathurst. It's a good time. Oh, is that right? Only, well, only if you have a few drinks first, though. Yeah. You can't play squash without a few drinks. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to play squash whether I had a few drinks or not. I yeah, know. I could that's, tell that's the difference. The thing. You don't know how to play squash, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> you just know you. It's almost like it's not tennis, but you're literally just smacking a ball against just the a wall. smaller racket with a smaller yeah. ball. That's what <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah, I saw some things online about like pickleball too, and I'm like, pickleball's interesting. That looks like yeah. tennis. Let's call it tennis. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, but uh, if you look at the competitive level of pickleball now. It's it's moving on up. There's yeah. uh, very interesting. I mean, a lot of people that are elderly, former tennis players, are playing yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, shorter court, smaller court, but it can be equally as quick. Uh, not as dangerous when you're talking about the high level or the speed of the ball. But uh, I tried it a few times down here and enjoy it. Yeah, it's quite nice. I as, know it's. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say as long as there's a defibrillator in the building, I'm okay <laughs> with it. <laughs> I I'll guess, try any sport <laughs> once. <laughs> I, I guess, uh, speaking of defibrillator, not to take it too, uh, but um, you, you've been in all the rinks. I'm, I'm a big food guy. So I'm not sure if you eat at the rinks or not, but um, I know Richie has said that the poutine in Bay Como is really good. Outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. So that's, 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 yeah. Two. that's two. That's yeah. two. And I know the, the one across from the rink in Rouen is really good as well. There's a little restaurant Yes, there. there's one directly across the yeah. road, and they've got 25,000 different style of poutines. <sighs> and, and uh, yeah, they're fabulous. I told you we got to go to Rennes and Valdor. Yeah, well, no I told question. You. But uh, food-wise, um, uh, what rinks kind of got your the best uh, mezzanine food? Uh, best pizza, Rimouski. Yeah. There's a pizza walking distance from the rink. Uh, we've had it a few times. Uh, 
Each piece weighs about uh, 12 pounds. Oh. It's about three inches thick of meat. I don't know if you should wear it or eat it. <laughs> uh, no question. Uh, Kenny's Pizza in Cape Britain, another great Kenny's, place. Yeah, I've heard good stuff about that. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're only walking distance, so when I park the bus, I'll go over and grab my meal there. Yeah. Uh, of course, Vito's. Got to go to Vito's yeah, when you're in St. Yeah, John. Yeah. You know, it's only up Classic. the hill, so... Yeah. That's the one where I need the defibrillator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can hear the lasagna yeah. here. It's just, I mean, that you could, oh, the, yeah. yeah, lasagna, Vito's, and Moncton is. is Fortunately for you guys, I don't know if you know this or not, but there is a defibrillator on the bus. Okay, so that's, okay. well, that's I always... don't think it's for anybody else but me. Yeah. <laughs> but no. uh, instead of looking for food in, uh, in the, the restaurants, or sorry, in the uh, cities we go and visit, mm-hmm. uh, the one thing that I've been ordered to by, by our director, Mr. Thibault, is to find a hair salon. For some reason, <laughs> he's got this, this, this superstition <laughs> of getting his hair cut in Quebec for some reason. So the, that's one of my mandates when I get there is actually to find him a barbershop <laughs> or a salon. Uh, luckily for us, in Shikudimi, in Shikudimi, there was about eight of them within walking distance, but... I just get to chauffeur him with the bus into yeah. the parking lot. Nice, bu- big, beautiful entrance. But uh, And then we go for the food shortly <laughs> after that. We're going to write that one down, Adam, yeah. for the next time we have Richie. If, 100%. Uh, ask him where his favorite uh, barbershop is in, uh, in, in Quebec. Quebec City. Yeah. Yes, there's quite a few of them. That's <laughs> a, does so, he go to the same one or does he, do you switch oh, stuff no, for him? Different towns, different barbers. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. yeah. But the one common uh, denominator that Richie and I had and i'm using the word past tense because uh my wife's banned me from eating is dirty bird of course kfc (laughs) (laughs) yeah they know it's my first name in bathurst when we go to bathurst it's a it's a trip to kfc but it's uh it's it's out of my question now there's no more (laughs) yes a lot of time i forget that i don't mind kfc because i don't have it as often you're like oh yeah i don't mind i've gone to mary brown's now um, I've converted to Mary Brown's yep. chicken. It's much smart choice. I don't want to say much healthier, but uh, I mean, speaking it's, of road trips, it's healthier. Let's yeah, put it that. It's yeah, healthier. Let's yeah, put it that way. Yeah, we'll call. It, yeah, we'll call it that. Um, I don't know if you saw the pregame or the preseason schedule. We were going over it just a little bit earlier. Uh, you're going up to Caraquette for a 7 p.m. game on Saturday, and then back to Bactouche on. Does that even phase you anymore to have these trips day no, after day? Not, no, not at all. Like, not at all. As long as it's within my 16 hours duty yeah. and I can have my eight hours rest in between, I'm okay with that. So you pre-plan the schedule? Like when the schedule yeah. comes out, you kind of know where you're going? Well, that's just it. I sit down with everything. Graham and, and uh, I mean, certain things will change. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, some trips, for example, uh, uh, going up to Valdor, prime yeah. example, the boys might might fly back. Mm-hmm. Well, that changes my schedule. Because now I don't have to find a secondary driver that's going to meet me in Levy or Drummondville to continue the journey down. And uh, I'll probably just come down on my own as far as Drummondville, stay overnight, stay for my eight hours rest, get up the next morning and make my jaunt back to Moncton mm-hmm. and meet back her at the rink. So there's all the different uh, elements that we deal with. But uh, with the schedule, once it came out, uh, Graham and I sat down because he does the planning for the hotel, for the meals and so on. And I think there's only one or two this year where I actually have to get a secondary driver to continue the journey or begin it for me. Right. Uh, last year when we were up in Valdor, uh, I'm sorry, it was Rouen that we were finished off. I got a driver from Rouen to come down with the bus and meet me in Drummondville. I had left the night before, stayed in overnight in Drummondville, and then he arrived at about 5 in the morning, and I took over from that point, and we ended up arriving in Moncton at about 11. So you leave with the empty bus, he brings all the guys, 
drops him off, like drops him off the gear. Or what do you mean? Is I went down with the rented car. Oh, okay. Right? right. He brings our bus with the players and the equipment. We stop for maybe an hour at Livy somewhere at the I twenty four stop. Right. I take over. He takes the rented car back to Rouen Aranda. Oh, oh okay. I right. thought you took. Okay. I thought you took the Wildcats bus empty. No, nope. parked. He brought the Ren bus full of guy like players and gear. You guys switched it out. We normally keep our guys on our bus. Very seldom do we ever change the bus. We'd rather right. just change the drivers and than to use an outside company. I mean, the right. boys get comfortable. And to be honest with you, I don't know if you guys have been inside the bus at all. or No, no, we're not super fans like our friends Veronique and Brent. We haven't been on the bus yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, I'll have to take you into it one of these days yeah. and, and hopefully give you a lift because I'll tell you. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah, yeah. Ma- make it part of the contract. Yeah. <laughs> it's contract. Yeah, we heard, yes. we heard it right here. There it is. There is no. There was no shortcuts taken when it comes to the safety of that vehicle. Yeah, yeah. they without question. I mean, I speak to uh, other drivers. I see other buses. Uh, many of the coaches, fortunate for the Wildcats, Mr. Irving owns the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Contrary to Charlottetown or St. John or Halifax, uh, they basically they don't own the vehicles. Mm-hmm. It's leased or rented from Coach Atlantic or Maritime Transport. Yeah. And they've got 56 seats. We've only got 34. While the seats that we've got are like captain chairs of, a, of yeah. an aircraft. Right. Uh, good reclining seats. Very safe. All got seat belts, especially now. Seat belts are mandatory. Mm-hmm. And, and the boys are very comfortable with it. Um, so to put them in another bus is a different story. So right, we'd yeah. like to keep them within. And... Uh, then we just make a driver switch if we need be. That's hmm. Hmm. something I'd never known. Never would have thought of. When did the seat belts become mandatory? 21. Really? Yeah, 21 yeah. in coaches, yeah. I Motor guess. coaches, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So we yeah. didn't have them in the previous bus. Yeah. Uh, we had them on the luxury seats, the first four seats, the big recliners that they had. But we didn't have them in all of the other seats. And hmm. that's that was probably one of the reasons that we made the switch. Um uh, also, the other bus was uh, had its good days. Right. It was on its way uh-huh. out. Uh, I know the uh, the sad part about the other bus, unfortunately for me, was the one place that it leaked the most was right above my head. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget coming back from uh, good old Cape Britain again. And just as we hit Antigonish, we must have hit, I think we left, it was plus 7 degrees at 10 o'clock at night. By the time we hit Kelly's Mountain, it was minus 3 with freezing rain. Mm. By the time we hit Antigonish, it was a crosswind that was going 90, 90 degrees, and the water started pouring in, and good old Heptich at that time was sitting right behind me with a towel to try to keep the water off my head. <laughs> I needed one of these umbrellas. that uh, The umbrella hats? Exactly, umbrella hat, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's the way it is. I mean, you got a flat bus with big windows, a lot of uh, rubber seals, and unfortunately, it was parked outside a lot, so a lot oh, of the rubber would basically yeah, yeah. shrink. And and uh, when you get into water damage, into the, uh, the the electronics and so on, it can be pretty expensive. So uh, the president decided, well, it's time for a new vehicle. We're moving into a new rink. Uh, let's treat it with the utmost respect and be yeah. as professional as we can be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. here we are now. So, Any, I guess, not necessarily you, but um, amongst the team, I know you want to get into stories here, but like, Superstitions ah, that, was that, that might was, that, that you might question. see on the bus that yeah. uh, that people will just be like, well, why? Like anything that goes on without naming guys, yeah, without naming to, guys. But like, but like are, are are the seats assigned or 
are there superstitions with specific seats or anything that's there are yeah there, yeah. there, there are there are i mean every player has a certain thing to do in their own little way uh you know uh you you see it happen over and over again mm-hmm. you know the way they 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 either don't socialize with anybody until while they're traveling to the rink and so on um i mean for me any time that we go on a losing streak i change my tie collar mm-hmm. uh i've gotten into a tie collar change that i'll if i'm wearing blue i mean i feel blue that means we've <laughs> lost that tie comes off and i'll wear the red until we win again yeah and and that's just what i do and during the playoffs i'll wear the new brunswick tartan tie Nice. That I that I have, and that was given to me by Roger Shannon. Mm-hmm. His father used to work for the New Brunswick Liquor Control Board, mm-hmm. and so did my dad. Okay. Okay. So nice. I remember remember my dad wearing the New Brunswick tartan. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such it's the same tartan that you see with the the people with the fifty fifty yeah. at the yeah, ring. Yeah, and uh, so that's during the playoffs. That's a tie of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, superstitious, maybe. Uh, let's go back to twenty nineteen when we were on the verge of going into playoffs. Coming yeah. back from Rimouski yeah. and and the three home games and so on before we were shut down because of COVID, uh, I wore that tie for the seven last games that we won. So <laughs> we're not quite playoffs yeah. yet, yeah. but you see players. You see, uh, it's almost a, a routine as far as where they sit on the bus. It normally works by seniority. The twenties will get the back seats. Uh, uh, normally, captains, assistants, and then it works their way up to the rookies or right up to the front, mm-hmm. directly behind the equipment. And uh, uh, right now, the way the the seating format is on the bus is we've got thirty four seats. We've got eleven singles on the right side, the door side of the bus, and then of course the doubles on the other side. So you've got your regulars knowing exactly where to sit, like mm-hmm. assigned seats. Uh, Tim Roselle has his seat number four right behind Macker, which is right behind Richie, which is right behind Josh. Uh, coach LaCroix sits right behind me. It was quite funny because uh, when the coach actually uh, first came on board with me, and he kind of, just for a joke, I guess, said, Bernie, which is the safest seat on the bus? I said, the one directly behind me because if I'm hitting a moose, I'm definitely <laughs> not hitting it on this side. <laughs> so Josh looked at me and he goes, uh, Thanks, Bernie. Appreciate that. <laughs> Sorry about your luck, Josh. <laughs> I do like that. Uh, yeah, that's your, your, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Not in it on this side. Smart. Um, how much gear actually goes on a road trip? Like, oh, there's, there's a not, lot. yeah, there's not a lot of, a so lot. we're all dads here. We kind of know how to put stuff in when it, we it, pack it, trunks you know and stuff. It, it, is is it a Tetris game or do the, exactly that. The tra- like, exactly. Do you help with that or does oh, absolutely. the, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's a routine. And fortunately for us this year is that, uh, the likes of, uh, Miles Mueller, Etienne Morin, uh, Darcy, yep. uh, uh, another Thomas Darcy, another great kid, um, They've kind of taken they've taken control on how to load the bus because they've seen us do it so many times. Right. So it makes our job easier. We just stand by and watch. But when you go on an overnighter, especially the Quebec road trips, uh, you got to bring a lot of sticks. You got to bring tons of water. There's always five, six cases of water either on the bus or underneath in the compartment. Then you've got your own personal luggage. Uh, basically, you can't even get a a, a box of uh, a, a a simple box of donuts in the bus after we're finished packing. Wow. It's it's that packed in. You got to bring the dryers. You got to bring the glove warmers. Uh, it adds up to the point where 
there's no room for anything. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the kids asked us one day, uh, "Can we can we stop at my billet or my my home in in uh, Drummondville and pick up my winter tires?" Basically, sorry, there's no room for them. <laughs> I mean, it, it works yeah, out yeah. that is very very compact. You've got because on a road trip, you normally bring 23 players. You bring everybody or 24. You've got your 10 staff. You bring in with you. Well, yeah. that's 34 seats, all luggage, and th- when the coaches. Of course, going to road trip, they bring their hockey gear as well because they've got to be on the ice. Yeah, yeah. So there's an extra four bags or three bags. So it adds and up. And then the trainer and equipment. And yeah. I mean, extra. we don't have a roof rack. I mean, we could use it, but yeah. uh, we probably wouldn't fit underneath too many bridges. <laughs> but uh, Are the compartments bigger in this the, bus than they were? Like a lot bigger than they were? Uh, they're big. They're, they're, the Prevo yeah. bus that we have is much bigger than the MCI, for example. There's two mm. types of buses that you normally use in Canada. The Prevo is much higher. So... And then, of course, you've got uh, the medical box. The medical box is is stuffed, and Graham looks after the food on the arrival at the rinks. Yeah. That, I don't know if uh, protein bars weigh that much, but the the box <laughs> is full of them. Uh, <laughs> then you've got uh, Macker, which of course uh, brings uh, his box weighs probably close to three hundred fifty pounds. By the time he brings all the extra blades, the tools. Yeah. Uh, so you got to be prepared. I mean, the last thing you want to do on a road trip is to actually to be searching for something, and you know have to run out somewhere, ask another team to borrow it from, yeah. and and uh, yeah. So the boys are organized. The uh, the equipment managers are organized, and uh, when we load up, it's it's like watching artwork at it. It's uh, mm-hmm. everything is stuffed every corner, mm-hmm. goalie pads. You don't want to bend them a certain way yeah. because they're shaped in a certain way. So you got to be careful. You don't want to damage anything. But the boys know you put 24 bags in the front compartment, you put these in the second compartment, the sticks go in the third, and so on. And then, of course, you got your practice jerseys, you got your two ty- two color jerseys to play with because you don't know what the, the other team is going to be yeah, wearing. Yeah. So it adds up. It's funny it you take practice jerseys. You wouldn't think like Drummondville would have practice jerseys for them and practice jerseys that other teams could use. So that would alleviate that. But. Not the same huh. numbers, right? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? The practice jerseys. They... Practice jersey, you wouldn't think numbers matter, but it's easy for the coaches exactly. to, to call on. So yeah. when you when you guys are going into, uh, you know, Sherbrooke for a road game at the first of three or whatever, how does that process work? When you arrive in town, is it you drop the guys in the gear off, they do that? and then We it's... always go to the rink first. Yeah. Always go to the rink, drop off the equipment. Uh, basically, if the players help us unload, uh, each everybody grabs. I mean, I said the players, the coaches do as well. Yeah. Uh, when we when we return to a rink, normally even Dan Lacroix will grab a hockey bag and take it into the dressing room. Yeah. Fifteen minutes, we can be in and out and have everything lined up, ready to be dried, and so on. Uh, depends how much time we've got. Let's let's just give you an example. Uh, when we leave here to go to Sydney, to Cape Breton, we leave here. Let's say at uh, ten o'clock in the morning. Stop in Antigonish at one at uh, BP for for a meal. Mm-hmm. Arrive at the rink at four o'clock. Unload uh, takes us about twenty minutes. Boys get back on the bus. I drive down to the hotel. We get to the hotel. We have an hour. They know I either walk for supper, or uh, I'll take them to whichever restaurant they're going to for a meal. Sometimes it's at the hotel. Uh, Macker, Bob Cormier, Graham will stay behind to make sure that everything is organized. The next morning. The boys get up. Macker and Graham and Bob are already at the rink. They've been there for two hours already. Everything is set up for them when they arrive. Um, I've got to say, it's like a machine. 
Yeah, and, yeah. and that's the one thing that impresses me the most. I mean, I did do some work in the OHL with Barry Colts, for example, but the Wildcats are in a different league altogether. They're so organized. Everything is ready for the players. The players have no worries whatsoever. And then, and that's when you start seeing the superstitious, such as certain players tape their sticks regardless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've got to line them up a certain way. It, it's it's interesting to see that. And I'm, I'm so fortunate that I'm, I get to see this kind of system going on. But it's, it's like a machine. Mm-hmm. And the Wildcats organization is on top of it all. They're very much on the ball. Jeez. Hmm. Oh. I don't. I don't, honestly. I. I'm just like I said. We could probably just sit here and, and talk talk stories all all night. But uh, I honestly, man, I don't. You're out. I, I, if <laughs> something, enjoy the stories. I just enjoy the stories. I'm just. I, I'm all ears right now. This is one of those things <laughs> that not a lot of fans know what go into a road trip, right? Like they just think you show up, play hockey. They don't. They don't know what what all goes involved, and so it's just kind of interesting to hear the stories. Like I'm sure you can't tell us certain things but just your ears have to have heard some of the craziest things on that bus whether it's coaching staffs or players or just what's or is it just they get on the bus on a after a game and 45 minutes in they're all out no no not at all no some of the funny stories that i can share with and you got to remember where i sit i'm hearing what's going on between the coaches talking about a game whether it's a good or a negative uh but my attitude's always been, I'm in charge of transportation, and I'm not in charge of hockey operations. Mm-hmm. So what I hear Richie talk to Dan about, or to Josh, or to uh, to Antoine, or to Graham about injuries, it doesn't go any further for me. Yeah, it's on the bus. It's yeah. something that mm-hmm. I don't share with anybody yeah. because it, there's a integrity. Yeah, uh, integrity level. You know, I might hear of players that they have to trade, or players that have asked for a trade, or or so on. Um, so Once I hear it. Once the door it, opens, you forget about it, right? Correct, yeah. correct. What's mm-hmm. It's not like Vegas, but what's on the bus stays on the bus, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which uh, is, you can't not have that when you're in this kind of a league with underage ex- kids, exactly. right? Like, these exactly. aren't professionals. And uh, But I, I've got to say, though, it's like a well-oiled machine when you see what goes on on road trips. Uh, and there's so many things that the, the fans don't get to see about mm-hmm. what – everybody does what their jobs are on the road and so on uh the food that they eat uh the boys eat well well they have to eat well if they want to play well mm-hmm. uh, the respect for uh visitors tickets uh, there's a whole list of things that goes on uh that the fan wouldn't even think about it like when we go into quebec and you've got 12 players out of 20 that's born and raised in quebec mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of family a lot of friends that's what's fascinating to watch as well. So uh, you get to see the family. Now, saying that, probably the hardest part for me from an emotional standpoint, if I can use that, is when you get to the likes of, uh, let's say we're playing in, in blainville Boisbriand, for example, and you see, uh, uh, I'm just going to use an example of Zachary Lheureux, which is from the area, mm-hmm. or you had at that time Jonathan Spiro, which is from just around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh and you see the the family, and unfortunately, the player only gets to spend about ten minutes from when he's finished playing at nine thirty five, nine forty. Yeah, showered, bringing the equipment out, loading the bus, and the bus leaves at ten. It's it's kind of 
and, and let's face it, these boys are 16, 17, 18 years old, like the first rookie year for Zachary, for example, when we got to Blainville. He only got to see his family, his sisters, brothers, uncles, aunts, grandfathers yeah. for about six minutes. You know, Jeez. it's and they're back on the bus and we're heading up after that up to Valdoro, up to Rouen Aranda. So that's the part where I find heartbreaking in mm -hmm. a sense. Yep. Mm -hmm. But that's the emotional side that you see where these they're just kids. They're, some of them are quite young. First time, uh, uh, prime example, Havanov coming all the way from Russia, didn't speak English. You know, that, that must have been so difficult for him to make that move over here into a small town, New Brunswick, which is yeah. half French, half English. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, we traded at that time, I think, or we released, uh, uh, I believe it was uh, Daniel uh, Kuzman, mm -hmm. which was kind of his in-between because Daniel was, spoke English very well. Mm -hmm. But after that, Havanov looked lost to me. But luckily at that time, we had the likes of Jacob Pelletier that took him under his wing and kind of... Uh, one of the best captains we've ever had, and yeah. and, and and it showed, it mm -hmm. showed, and that's why that team I was so close to. Uh, they were just an incredible, warm group. They mm -hmm. got to gel so well, and unfortunately, COVID shut us down to what we could have been, yeah. a top contender. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we, we try not to bring that. Yeah. That's oh, sorry, yeah. no, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, I guess it's you know obviously the buses. I guess your baby if you want to put it that way yeah yeah, yeah. i do baby it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um what, what would you like to see f like um the team do more with with your baby what would you like to see incorporated um you know like i know before we came on air we talked about you know f more fans fan access to the bus um what would you like to see uh, the team do more, you know, with the bus to kind of show it off because, like, it, it's it's a top notch. Well, it's it's a billboard. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. a forty five foot by a twelve foot billboard, really. That uh, I'm I'm in favor of actually promoting the team even at the home games, mm -hmm. uh, even though if it's just parking the bus over at uh, at the Sobies, yeah, uh, during a game day, mm -hmm. uh, and putting a sign just next to the bus. Game time tonight, seven o'clock against such and such. Yeah. Well, people will a prime example last year when we did the uh, exhibition games at uh, Uniplex mm -hmm. in Dieppe. Well, I went into the management of the rink and I said, "Can I park it on that little portion just at the entrance way, but not blocking any parking spots?" And and I put it on an angle that people coming home from work, because I'm there at quarter to five. The game's at seven, mm -hmm. and people are coming up the street into the residential area and they're seeing this big bus so that first thing that comes to mind is oh boy the wildcats are playing tonight mm -hmm. maybe i'll grab my son and whatever my wife will go down yeah. and watch again so it's it's a big billboard that's available mm -hmm. to be promoted uh when it comes to the fans i I'd, I'd be game and I, i'm hoping to talk to uh, both uh, richie and uh, and the director of uh, business operation to maybe kind of run a little a little contest or something where we can treat the fans to a ride to the rink, with, you know, for as a thank you, mm -hmm. and uh, give them that grand entrance into the into the rink. I mean, we have such a beautiful rink uh, and such great fans. It'd be, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to actually be able to do that. But that's something that uh, the people in the higher process than than me to make yeah. that decision yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, should they come up to me and request it, I'd love to do it. I'd love to take part in that because uh, it's a good thing. 
it's uh, the way I look at it. Uh, any publicity is not bad publicity, it's, yeah. you know. And yep. the more seats we can put in the uh, in that rank, the better the the team's going to be in mm -hmm. the long run. So, yeah, I, I've been on this thing, this show for four or five years, telling them what they should do and ideas and you know, season ticket holders, you got to have perks, right? And that's just one perk. You, your name is entered into fan of the game and you get the, the bus and the suite and the dinner or whatever. It, first time somebody gets on that and sees that at on the rink, they're going to go, well, how do I get how that? How do I get it? Yeah, exactly. Well, season tickets or flex tickets. All right, well, I don't have that this year, but if they keep doing it every year, you know, maybe next year I'll buy the flex pack because, you know, this team's going to be that much better next season and, and, and whatnot. So I... I Fully support your idea, and when you're ready to talk, I got all kinds of ideas, as Jeremy knows. But well, uh, again, I, I'm the transportation person. Yeah, but doesn't mean I don't know anything about marketing or oh, public relations. Yeah. And yeah. and I mean that's one thing that you're a fan yourself, right? I'm a huge fan, yeah. and uh, I take pride in what I do. Yeah. Hence the reason shirt and tie at every rink. Yeah. I mean it doesn't change. Uh, I don't represent Bernie Hashi. I represent the Moncton Wildcats organization. Yeah. So I don't get a second chance to leave a first impression. Yeah. yeah. So I've got to walk in there with my head held high, yeah. win or lose, and uh, don't kick any garbage cans over. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, 100%. Because it's not our style. Yeah. You know, our style, if we're going to take a loss, we're going to take it graciously. Yeah. Uh, so I'm into the anything that's going to promote the team. Uh, the reason I'm coming back for year number six, I was supposed to retire, but uh, yeah, the reason found I'm coming before, yeah, yes, the reason I'm coming back is I know I've still got some good to give to the Wildcats, yep. and uh, maybe after this interview, Richie might change his mind. <laughs> <laughs> God, let's, I, let's hope not. Yeah, I hope not because yeah. Uh, yeah, we've taken a few L's on certain guesses and predictions yeah. and stuff, so we're just kind of getting our way back. We don't want to keep you all night. Um, you know, let's talk about the team. Um, just your idea coming from the draft last year into this year, just kind of what do you expect from this club um, as they move forward in, into this year? I'm expecting a lot. I, I am indeed. I mean, we, we've got some players that we can build a team around is what I'm seeing. Uh, yeah, not only do I drive the vehicle, I also observe what goes on, the yep. characters. You know, you've got number five, you got number 17, number six, number seven, these are all players, 23, <laughs> these are all yeah. players you build a team, or Lausching, 28, Filion. You've got all these great players that are going to go somewhere, and you build around them. And as it stands right now, you look at the guys that are coming back. Uh, there's some pretty talented individuals. Miles mm -hmm. Mueller is one of my favorite, both on and off the ice. Um, it's going to be very interesting with the new group that's coming in. We've got a few free agents uh, that's been invited to camp some big boys yeah uh last year i think we were outmatched by bathers st john charlottetown when it comes to size when it came to you know a prime example i'm sitting with my wife in our in our club seats and she points out she goes how come bathers has nine guys that have been drafted by the nhl but we don't have any well Try to yeah. We did. We were there in yeah. 2019. Yeah. Now it's called the rebuilding years. Mm -hmm. And then she said, how many 17-year-olds does St. John have? I go, none that I know of. Well, we've got seven. You know, how many 16-year-olds have we got? I go, we've got two or three, I think it was mm -hmm. at the time. She goes, St. John doesn't have any. Well, 
pretty hard to go against 18 and 19 year olds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, guys have had two, three years experience ahead of, but this coming year, now they're going to be our boys that are 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the IS sense of the world and, and uh, they're going to be in demand. Barbershev, I mean, a prime example. Barbershev picked up. He's going to have that NHL yeah. bracket next to his name. Uh, I'm sorry we lost uh, Charles Antoine, Charles Antoine Pilote. Great kid. Uh, reminded me very much of uh, Jack Tucker. If you go back to big boys, mm-hmm. solid. But uh, sometimes you wonder. They, I don't think they realize that with skates, they're six foot eight, and they can scare anybody in the league. Yeah. But uh, you know, he's gone to uh, where is it, Blenville or is yeah, Gatineau? Yeah, Gatineau. Gatineau, which is great friend, great guy. That's probably the part that I don't like because I, you, you get Build attached to them, yeah, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. then you know when we lost uh, Spence and Peltier to Valdor, for example, uh, and and I'm going to go on the record as saying. One of the nicest, truest gentlemen I've ever met in hockey was without question Jordan Spence from PEI. Uh, God bless his parents for raising such a fine lad, but mm-hmm. uh, total gentleman, polite, uh, kind, friendly. Uh, he really made a difference on our, on our team that we had. Uh, and we had such great people uh, that I keep talking, referring back <laughs> to that team of 2019. It's it okay. Was, it took us a while to get used to not. not okay, it takes yeah. a while to get used to what. Was, I'm sure you right? guys felt the same way. Yeah. I'm sure. Oh yeah, that we were winning that thing, uh, especially the last world trip. I yeah. mean, I saw the the chemistry. It was gelling. They were all yeah. getting along. It wasn't the French players and the English players and the Russians. It was the Wildcats. Yeah, and that's what I saw. And that's what basically the coaching staff did. They were gelling. They were starting to. Uh, one one of those road trips, I can share something that happened that had me in tears. Uh, I think I think pretty sure it was Coach Lacroix at the time was actually texting the boys and telling them when the clock changes to ten oh six, everybody do bird calls, and <laughs> <laughs> and unbeknownst to the rest of the coaching staff and the gray and blacks of the world that were trying to sleep, yeah. you know, at ten oh six when the clock changed, <laughs> the players would all. <laughs> or or at you know at ten seventeen, everybody sound like a gorilla and then. <laughs> You know, you didn't. <laughs> so, of course, I'm sitting at the front trying to drive the bus with tears in my eyes because I'm. So, so somebody was playing. So, those are the kind of things that yeah. happen, but it, it, it brings a lot of warmth to the team. So, yeah, that's. You were going back to that. You were going to take that long bus drive across Canada to Kamloops that year. Oh, yeah. That year. Yeah. And uh, you were going to come back very happy, I do believe. Mm-hmm. There was, yeah. there was not about that. Man. I was so looking forward to doing the 4,988 <laughs> kilometers. Uh, I would have probably had to get a second driver. Yeah. And uh, Well, we would have offered. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I I was so looking forward to that because yeah. there's no question Mr. Irving would have wanted the Wildcats bus to be there. Oh, yeah. uh, he did back when it was in Brandon, Manitoba, I believe it was, a few yep. years prior. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I'll go to the end of the earth just to make sure that the Wildcats bus can be there for the boys. It's it's their vehicle. All I am is I'm their chauffeur. And yeah. uh, there was a, an old line that I use is that I don't work for the Moncton Wildcats per se. I don't drive for the Wildcats. I drive for the mums and dads and grandparents and sisters and brothers of the players that are on the bus. Mm. That's who I work for. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's go back to Humboldt. Uh, Never forget it where we were in Blenville at the time when the accident happened. I get a message from Mario Pelletier crying, 
yeah. basically on the phone to me crying because he said, I don't realize how much you look after my boy. And and, and that hit home. Yeah, yeah, That was the time that actually at uh, the time was, uh, uh, I was interviewed on the radio about it. And uh, I would say I kind of got emotional thinking that my I've got to take my job more serious now and my responsibilities were that much greater, but I can handle it. Mm. I can do this. Yeah. And, and that's the one thing I picked up from from the Humboldt situation. And uh, let's face it, a lot of buses in Canada are on the roads on weekends. Yeah. And uh, not just in New Brunswick. It's it's yeah. it's North America wide. It's it's our sport. And unfortunately, hockey doesn't play all the time in summer. It's a winter sport. And uh, we're still lucky. Yep. We're still lucky. We only had the one major. Uh, we've had a few Bathurst, of course, with the basketball team. So correct. Yeah, but. Uh, Makes me take my job that much more serious, and if I knew I couldn't do it, I probably wouldn't. But I know I can. I feel safe with what I do. Yep. So, and that's why you're one of the best in the business, and that's why we had well, to have you. That's, that's why we had to have you on. <laughs> well, you know, I'm so happy you guys did. I mean, I I did warn you at the beginning that I do talk a lot, but uh, you can cut cut out whatever portion you Not wish. Not a thing. Not a thing. <laughs> Not a thing. That's why it's a season finale. Fans expect uh, great guests, and you're one of the best. One of the best ones we've had uh, oh, on the show, you. and we, we really appreciate it. You're now a friend of the show. I mean, you technically were already, but now that you've been on, you're a friend of the show. So, well, again, we thank you for, for joining us and giving us some insight on traveling well, thanks with Thanks for having and me, and uh, any other humor that I'll find, I'll let you know so you can put it on. <laughs> and uh, But uh, some of the stuff, i got to keep it kind of... Oh, yeah. hey, look, you gave us you gave us our, our Richie Barbershop uh, yeah. inside joke That's all now, we need. so we've, we've yeah. got, uh, yeah. we've got the ammo we need for the next <laughs> time we have him on the show. Yeah. yeah, hopefully I'll make sure he's out of town when yeah. the podcast comes out. So he just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's all we need, man. Thanks, thanks for doing this. Thank well, really pleasure, mine. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate it. All right, guys, that's uh, that's it for season five. I mean, what a ride it's been. Uh, first of all, again, thank you, Bernie, for for joining us on the season finale. Uh, as well, we want to thank all of our guests that have been on during the season. Um, as well, our show sponsors. We don't have a show without these sponsors. Uh, Eric Murray of Eric Murray Realty, Nicole from Rosemary Lynn Massage uh, for being a part of our shows, and hopefully we have them again next year. Uh, and again, to all you amazing fan listeners, we don't have a show again without you, uh, the support, whether it's the Mueller's in Switzerland or you know the Tybell's in Austria or down in New York or wherever, uh, Canada, Alberta. Wherever um, we can't do this Brazil, show, though. apparently yeah, Brazil, Brazil, Chile. Listens in Brazil. I don't know how many seconds you guys listen to, but you might flip it on and shut it right off. But hey, you're turning it on, so we're <laughs> worldwide. But again, we don't do this show without you. And uh, last one to you, man. Thank you, man. Nine Same. months you're in this basement, oh. uh, week after week after week. Uh, I couldn't do it without you, man. And I appreciate you joining me every week to talk hockey. We get four four weeks off, and then yeah. we're back. We're back at it, just like that. Four weeks off, we're back at it. August twenty second uh, for Wildcats camp. Oh, enjoy your enjoy your holiday. Yeah. Um, enjoy some time, uh, you know, summer. You enjoy your golf and Bernie, and uh, Thank thanks you, to everyone. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.